that feeling, Dave? Do you know that feeling when you've been telling people for weeks and weeks and weeks, don't get arrogant, don't get cocky about a certain ayahuasca smoking quarterback. Said the higher you let yourself go, that's how far you will fall. And that's exactly what happened. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. We are Sports Frenzy 2.0. Taping here on September the 13th. This, of course, will drop tomorrow morning, the 14th. You will have to indulge us because as Bears fans, as sports commentators, guys who have been watching sports for decades upon decades, we told you so. We told you so. And you New York fans wouldn't listen. You wouldn't listen to us. Temper, temper your enthusiasm. And expectations. None of us could have foreseen that it would have taken four plays in, what was it, 70, 75 seconds of game time. And it isn't poetic justice that it was former Bear Leonard Floyd that got the sack. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been better if uh, things had worked out on the, the positive side for the Bears, but we'll get to that in a minute. But, of course, the headline of the week, as Dave has already told you the numbers, told you the time on the field, Aaron Rodgers, Monday Night Football, torn Achilles, out for the year already. What yep. was his quote today? His wonderful quote. Hang his on, arrogant hang on. quote. I've got this. I shall rise yet again. Fallen from the ashes, I am the ayahuasca phoenix. (laughs) Yeah, trying to sound like some kind of religious icon. Yeah. Idiot. Idiot! Aaron, Aaron, this is Father Time telling you, hang it up. We'll see how he handles rehab. We will see how he handles rehab. Long, long, with Achilles, long, long, arduous process. Yep. Marino came back from an Achilles injury. I think he was a couple years younger, but he still didn't have he never looked quite the, same. the zip. He never, he never looked, looked the, the same. same after that. Nope. Nope. So, sorry, Jets fans. You can, you can bask in the glory of somehow winning that game against the Bills in overtime. With Zach Wilson. You can thank the atrocious play of Josh Allen. Four picks. Four picks. I thought it was three picks and a fumble. Or three, well, yeah, three picks and a fumble. Four turnovers. Right. He looked, he did not look good, especially in the second half, trying to force things. You thought the Bears' offensive line was bad. The Bills' offensive line rivaled them for ineptitude. Oh, no, 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 Dave. That Jets defense, reminiscent of the 85 Bears. (laughs) No, the Bills' offensive line was offensive. They did not give Allen anything to work with. Well, I think like the the rest of the league, 
the AFC East is a little bit in disarray, and I think things will sort out a little bit differently. Again, you've got to give it two to three weeks to start figuring out who's good, who's bad, who's in the middle, who will rise, who will fall, especially with injuries. Right. Uh. Going through the slate, week one in the NFL, of course, Dave alluded to the fact that the Chicago Bears, as I predicted, unfortunately, shit the bet. Oh, that's an understatement. That team came out and looked woefully unprepared to play a game. You knew on their first drive that it was going to be a long day when the offensive line, not once on third down, but twice with fourth down and inches, did not generate any push whatsoever. That's the easiest play for an offensive line to move forward on. Just a couple of inches is all you need. They got stymied. They didn't even try and fall forward. It was pathetic. Yeah, it was not a fun game to watch as a Bears fan. I, But unfortunately, I saw it coming. I have no faith in Matt Eberflus. I didn't have a lot of faith in him from the beginning because it's a cheap organization that won't spend the money on a high-level coach like a Sean Payton, a Jim Harbaugh. No, let's save money and try to squeeze more out of the city yeah, of Chicago. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, this is a, a key game this week because now you've got the fan base mad at you. The boos were raining down at Soldier Field. In the second quarter because they were so outplayed at that point. They looked lifeless. And you had Brisker come out and say, well, don't take this the wrong way. How else are you going to take it? But I think the fans, they need to have our back a little bit more and be more patient. Why? This was, what, 11 straight, 12 straight losses going back to last year with a team that was woefully unprepared. They did not play well at all in any phase of the game. And that is on the coaches. Yeah, so the Packers win at Soldier Field, 38-20. to And I'll say this. I will say this. As we rip into Aaron Rodgers, which deservedly so, and I don't care what anybody thinks of me, we discussed this whole deal with LeBron James a couple months ago and how I had people saying, oh, aren't you happy his son had a heart attack? No. No. I'll tell you what. I'm sure as goddamn well happy that Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles because he's got more money than God. This is a comeuppance for his arrogance, his I'm smarter than you, I'm better than you attitude over the last five to ten years. I feel no regret for that man having to suffer for the karma that he brought upon himself. Yep. Now, what I'm going to say about the Bears game coming around full circle Jordan Love, humble, sweet, nice kid. Yeah. In the post-game interviews, 
yeah, just seemed like he was appreciative opposite. and happy for the opportunity. Yeah, the complete opposite of, of what you ever saw from Rodgers. Or Brett in, Favre, for that matter. Or Favre. For, yeah, Favre was a whole different animal. Now, nobody's saying Jordan Love is going to be their three for three. No. he. There were moments where he looked overwhelmed. Yep. But I will say, when third down rolled around, he stepped up. And keep in mind, no Christian Watson. Nope. So he was missing his one of his top two receivers. His deep threat. And we're talking about young, young receivers. Romeo Dobbs showed up. Yeah. Nobody's and their saying, running game. Just why are you throwing the damn ball? Yeah. Jones and Dylan. Feed them. Yep. And, of course, we'll discuss them more when we get to our picks. Uh, of course, we had the big upset to knock knock on the door to start the season. Hello, NFL's here. Lions you calling. You ready for a, a big upset right off the bat? Well, we got it. Thursday night, the Lions beat the Chiefs 21-20. to Does this say more about the fact that the Lions are – here they've arrived, or is it the Chiefs desperately need Travis Kelsey? It's a combination. The Lions played a really damn good game. It would have been a lot closer, probably, with Kelsey in there. I don't know how much the results could have been different. But and, the Lions were there to play. They looked good. And another, I told you so, Kadarius Tony. I've been saying ever since the Giants drafted him, and he caused nothing but problems and headaches for that team. Misery and heartbreak. Caring more about his rap career than he did about showing up to practice, showing up healthy, showing up in shape. How often do you see a team want to ditch out on a first-round pick after one year? Yep. That and yeah, he's got up. a ring. He's got a ring. Nobody can take that away from him that he's got mm-hmm. a ring. But he default, sure as hell cost the Chiefs that game. He did, single-handedly. Yep. Literally. It was just bad, yep. bad play. Then we move on to Sunday. Again, shocking to me that we, we we saw bad performances by the Chiefs, and then we saw a bad performance by the Bengals. God, they just looked. Somehow they, the Browns own the Bengals, and I don't understand it. I just don't get it. 24-3, to the Browns win in Cleveland. Almost shouldn't be surprised because the Browns are, sorry, the Bengals have been slow starters. Right. And, of course, Joe Burrow but got his still. big deal. Five years, $275 million extension. And he couldn't complete a pass. Yep. $219 million guaranteed per year now, of course. We, we called it. We knew this was coming. He is now, per year, the richest quarterback in NFL history. Second and he most, still hasn't won anything. Second most guaranteed money ever. Well, look who he's playing, though. 
He's playing the guy who's got the most, most guaranteed, guaranteed money, money ever. At least Joe Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. He has. Has Deshaun Watson gotten out of the first round of the playoffs? No. So, temper your criticism of Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow's done okay for himself. Done more than Justin Herbert. Oh, absolutely. That Herbert deal was ridiculously stupid. And, of course, and now we, we've got to talk about that game in a minute. Uh, yes, I thought I bought into the hype. I thought Kenny Pickett was going to finally make that jump in year two versus year one. Did not. Did not. Did, did not. Not, it, not against one of the top defenses in the league. And Brock Purdy looks like he might actually be the real, the real deal. deal. He's not a fairy tale. No, no. Mr. Irrelevant might actually be the real deal. The second coming of Tom Brady, the late round quarterback pick. Yeah. Good Lord. 30 to 7. The 49ers come into Pittsburgh and stomp the Steelers. So much for all that preseason hype. Yep. Thank that's... you for taking George Pickens. So oh I didn't waste God. my pick on that. Jesus, that's going to come back and bite me in the ass. <sighs> Sean Payton. Oh, he's going to rejuvenate, re-energize the Broncos <laughs> and Russell Wilson. Balls. Josh McDaniel, stumble, Jimmy Garoppolo somehow come stumble, into. Stumble, bumble their way into a one-point win. And now you got to wonder, is Sean Payton going to be able to turn the Broncos around? Is he going to be able to do it with Russell Wilson? There's there's a lot of culture that he has to fix from that bumbling moron hackett. That was so, a broken, broken organization that needs a lot of help. And, of course, Josh McDaniel probably peed in his pants a little bit with happiness for being able to to beat his former team. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Anybody got the Raiders going to the Super Bowl? No. Anybody got the Raiders making the playoffs after no. one game? No. It's week one. Overreactions abound. Speaking of which, I said this was going to be the game of the week, and once again, Lo somehow and behold, the maestro was right yet again. Lo and behold, somehow the Dolphins found a way to outscore the Chargers. 36-34 to 34 at SoFi Stadium. Tyree Hill went off. Tua went off. I was, I was waiting to see what Tua was going to be like, and... Damned if he did not pick up where he left off after the concussions. Yep. So now everybody's, as you talk about, instant reaction after week one, overreaction after week one. Tua's MVP. Dolphins going to the playoffs. Let's we'll, let's yeah. slow our rolls here, people. Yep. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. I still think you need a running game. I didn't see much of that. No. From the Dolphins. That's the one thing Miami has never had since the 70s. They have not had a running game since Mercury, Morris, and Larry Zonka. That's pretty bad. Yeah, because we've always talked about how Dan Marino never had a running game. Yeah, so Miami's never had a running game. The Bears have never had a quarterback. Yep, it just sometimes it's the way it is. Yeah. 
And then, of course, we get to the two shocking games. We've already kind of alluded to the Monday night game. But the Sunday night game was almost as shocking without the injury. Good Lord. The Dallas Cowboys go into MetLife Stadium and paste the New York Giants 40 to nothing. You know, as much as we said the Bears were not prepared, the Giants were even worse. I mean, that how, how at home do you get shut out? Well, part of the problem is, again, I look at these rosters in the offseason, kind of like with a GM mentality, and I look at the Giants and I go, you you gave you Daniel Jones nothing. Darren Waller is it. He's yeah. still got no wide receivers. Waller is going to play about half the season intermixed. Oh, they were already talking – before the first game here, oh, he he's not feeling great. He's got something's wrong with him. Gee, there's a shock. Yeah. So <sighs> Daniel Jones can only do so much. As he, I never, never thought giving him $40 million a year was a smart idea. No. But you're asking him to do everything. If he can't hand the ball off to Saquon Barkley, what's he going to do? Again, he's got nobody to throw the ball to. Yeah. It, they're a one side, they're a one dimensional team. And they got an overrated, overvalued offensive line. Definitely. So I don't know if that's how good the Cowboys are. I think it's more indicative of how bad the Giants are set up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not buying the Cowboys as world beaters yet. I'm not. No. I honestly there, didn't. There's still too much history of Dak Prescott not being. I didn't see anything reliable. in the NFC that shocked me outside of my preseason expectations. It's still the Eagles and the 49ers and everybody else. That's I, I'm I'm not seeing yeah. it. The Even AFC the Eagles struggle. The AFC a bit. bothers me. The AFC, the AFC bothers me. And I I've got a comment have? on that in a couple minutes. I don't think it was the Eagles struggling. I don't think it was the Eagles struggling. And I think uh, a certain island pick I have coming up might tell you why. <laughs> now, we mentioned Joe Burrow got paid. Chris Jones, of course, who sat up in a luxury box for the Kansas City Chiefs, as they, as we mentioned, struggled against the Detroit Lions, got his one-year deal. He gets the same base salary of $19.5 million, but now there are incentives involved that can bump his yearly pay for this season up to $25 million. Crazy, but again, crazy. again, we've got to reserve judgment on this stuff, kids. Let's, we have let's got let to... the next couple weeks play out. Yes, your fantasy team, I've always said, wait till week hmm. three. I have had plenty of seasons where I've gone 0-2 and come back and made the playoffs. You've got to make adjustments, whether just, it's fantasy, whether it's real-life football. you got to let, let adjustments. Let things settle in. Because yep. let's face it, most of these teams did not have anybody playing through preseason. This was the first real contact they had. And I read a couple people, a couple uh, sports reporters who said the same thing. Said this looked like week four of the preseason. Yeah. In many respects. In a lot of ways, it did. 
Now, I will say this. A couple of the, the, the stories outside of the games we picked, the big games, out of the rookie quarterbacks, I watched a lot of the Colts-Jaguars game, and I thought Anthony Richardson looked pretty damn good. He did. He looked he very needs to, poised. He needs to take care of himself. Yeah. But he, he, he looked very poised for coming in. He did not look overwhelmed at all. Right. And there, he tweaked his knee a little bit, but he's already off the injury report, so he should be good to go for week two in a very winnable game against the Texans. Um, the Ravens, again, what uh, they won, but they were supposed to win. They played the Texans. But again, Lamar Jackson does not look like he can throw a football, just like Justin Fields. Yeah. They lose J.K. Dobbins again. So now who's going to get the, the ball? Is it going to be Gus Edwards? Is it going to be Pee Wee Herman? Is it going <laughs> to be Bozo the Clown? We'll have to wait and see. And they've got a true test to see how good they really are coming up this week. So let's do it, Dave. Let's go ahead and give the kids our picks for week two of the NFL. Oh, I was going to say the NFL Players Association first is already oh, overreacting the the, oh, to yeah. Aaron Rodgers' injury. They do this all the time. Anytime there's a significant injury. Oh, you got to go grass turf. everywhere. Yeah. But this didn't help that another significant injury happened at MetLife Stadium. Right. But that's what people were saying. Nobody complained Sunday. The Cowboys weren't complaining as no, they were the beating Giants, the crap out of the Giants. The Giants weren't complaining, but MetLife has the history and the reputation of being a place for significant season-ending injuries. Yeah. Well, in this day and age, I didn't even want to bring it up because I'm so tired of the whining, the bitching, the pissing, the moaning yeah. about everything. I just wanted to put in the no, again you, overreaction uh, no. in week one. No, you're getting you're getting the full spectrum of opinions, rants, raves. I get it. I get it. All right. Now let's hit our slate. Thursday, September the 14th. Vikings at the Eagles. Now you said you thought the Eagles struggled a little bit against the Patriots. Talk about struggling. The Vikings the lose Vikings, at home ooh, to a bad Buccaneers team. Yeah, that was not good for the Vikings and whatever hopes they had to take the North. I do not buy into the Vikings. Now, week two is where we usually get the bounce back from overreaction week one. Not in this case, not my friends. Not in this case. Not in this case. There's no way the Vikings go in to Philadelphia and beat the Eagles. No way in no hell. No way. Everybody that's in so far, seven of the eight, six of us take the Eagles. Mrs. C's going with the Vikings. Not going to happen. Not going to Sorry, not going to happen. Sunday, September the 17th, the Packers. Coming off that big win against the Bears, going into Atlanta as the Falcons beat up on the Panthers, which doesn't say much. That doesn't say much at all. <sighs> but we do have a couple votes for the Falcons, even though the Falcons basically had the old Bears offense from the late 70s. 
run left, run, run right, right, run, run up, up the, the middle, middle between Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Yeah. Didn't even let Desmond Ritter have a any kind of say in the outcome of the game. No. Not going to work against the Packers. No, not at all. Not at all. Packers, for everybody in except for Bill and Aaron, going with the Dirty Birds. Yep. The Raiders. Okay. Josh McDaniel's second week on the road. You got the big win against your former team in Denver. Now you get, even though it's a short week for the Bills, you got an angry, pissed-off Bills team. This is going to be very telling for Sean McDermott and the Bills. I'm glad you brought him up because I have been saying since last year, he could How be the problem. How overrated is he as a head coach? When Brian Dayball left and went and took the Giants job, the Bills seemed to drop a, a little notch or two yeah. in, in terms of how good they really yeah. were. We're, we're seeing kind of some things last year morphing into week one. Bills are looking shaky. They are looking very shaky. That being said, do you think anybody's taking the Raiders? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no belief in the Raiders coming in to Orchard Park to play the Bills. Yep. Seven of the eight picks in, of course, as Dave has said. All seven in this case going with Buffalo. Ravens at the Bengals. This is the one I was talking about. This is one of the this... big games of the week. Who's a pretender? Who's a contender? Do the Bengals bounce back at home? Can Lamar Jackson figure out how to throw a football? Can Who's going to run the road? football? And so much for that Odell Beckham Jr. signing, otherwise known as the Invisible Man. Yep. Haven't we seen this before over and over again? I'll tell you what. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would lay a lot of money on the Bengals. I do not see the Bengals going 0-2 especially after what happened last week with Cleveland. But yep. we're in the minority. Yes, there are only three of us thinking that the Bengals will do the bounce back. You and me and Aaron. The rest of our panelists so far going with the Ravens. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, I didn't have a problem with this pick. This was one of those last-minute ones where it was waffling and going no, back and this forth. No, was, this was I a quick this one. Early. This was I one penciled this in early. This was one of the first ones boom. Yeah, all right. There was no hesitation. Nope. Seahawks at the Lions. Lions have had a long time to rest up after the Chiefs' victory. The Seahawks getting beat down by the Rams did not look like the Geno Smith experience is carrying over from year one to year two nope uh i have to say i like the lions at home everybody everybody likes the lions. does across the board seven of the eight picks in all lions we're gonna give you a couple more and then of course as dave has told you this time of year you expect spillage and it's going to happen again all right Next up, we have the Chargers going down to Tennessee to play the Titans. Two teams coming off disappointing victories. One, Two different dynamics, though. The Chargers threw up a lot of points, no defense. The Titans 
in a really ugly game in New Orleans, come up a point short. Ryan Tannehill looked awful. Yeah, I that Titans def or Titans offense does not scare me for the Chargers. Guess what? Chargers across the board. Yeah, none of the panel is scared of, of the, the Titans. Titans. No. And then finally, last pick here. The Bears going in to play the Buccaneers in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. My two teams. My two teams. And they went basically the opposite of what I expected. Although I did say I thought the Packers would win. I thought the Bears would play better than yeah, what they you did. you thought they would have been prepared. And the Buccaneers <sighs> go up to Minnesota and beat the Vikings. They're it ain't happening home. again. No way in hell. Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield are not going to put the Bears in an 0-2 hole. It's not happening. The Flus. I will pick now against the Bears until the Flus proves he can get this team prepared to win a game. I have no faith in Baker Mayfield. None whatsoever. I don't care if he beat the, the Vikings. Mike Evans still didn't get his contract. He's disgruntled. I'm waiting for him to roll up into a little ball, curl up into a ball, and, and quit. I will take this loss if the Bears can pull it off. Prove to me you know how to coach, Flusey. Kev, Jen, Nick, Doug with the Bears, Aaron, Bill, and Dave with the Buccaneers. Spillage! The rest of our picks coming up in segment two. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Patrick, not Pat, Mahomes, Super Bowl champion and MVP. And when I'm not trying to keep my wife and brother in line, I'm listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. Brittany! Come on, stop posting on Twitter. Jackson, will you please get off TikTok? <sighs> Man, it's times like these. I really miss doing stupid, silly State Farm ads with Coach Reed. All right, kids. Segment two, spillage on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and iHeart Sports Frenzy 2.0, baby! Otherwise known as iHeartRadio. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. And I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. Of course, don't forget to check out the Facebook page every weekend for our football picks, our NASCAR picks, and for a few more weeks, our baseball picks. Yep, it's September 13, 2023. As we record, dropping as always on Thursday this week, the 14th. And as I said, spillage on the NFL. Get used to it. Yep, finishing up our picks for this week, NFL Week 2. Chiefs at Jaguars is where we left off. A very significant game. We figured it was going to be a significant game. But now it becomes more desperate for the Chiefs. It does. They have to have this one after getting beat at home by the Lions on opening night. 
Ugh. Now they've got the longer rest period. They got they the extra do. couple days of rest. Travis Kelsey expected to play in this game. Yep, they got their. Uh, they re-signed Chris Jones. Chris Jones. We talked about a that big missing piece. Yep, they should be firing on all cylinders at this point. And I don't know if I was overly impressed, as I mentioned. I did watch the Colts Jaguars game. I don't know if I was overly impressed with the Jaguars. Now, Calvin Ridley in the first half fit in perfectly, but then kind of disappeared in the second half. Yeah. The Jaguars have some issues still. They've got some stuff to try and still I try think and figure out. Especially. Defensively, yeah. Yeah, they, they did not look Their solid. Josh Allen looks good. <laughs> their Josh their Allen, Josh looks, Allen good. looks good. Outside yes. of that, that defense looks shaky. Yeah. This is a bounce back game for the Chiefs. Everyone's going Chiefs with the exception of Nick and Aaron taking the home team Jaguars. Yeah, no, no way the Chiefs go 0 2. No. no way the Chiefs go 0 2. Don't see it. I, I would be surprised. All right. Following that up. The Colts go down to play the Texans. And the injury report was key for this because, yeah. again, Anthony Richardson probably looked the best of the rookie quarterbacks, but he's got to learn to slide, get out of bounds, slide, protect himself. Don't take the unnecessary hits. Outside of that, I thought he looked very sharp, much, much better than C.J. Stroud. Anything the Texans have to offer, D'Amico yeah. Ryan's, I love him as a coach, but he has got a bad. He's got bad a long. Team. Yeah, there's nobody there. Even However, on the road. Even on the road. Colts. Yep. But everybody's going Colts except for Jen and Nick, who are going with the Texans. Well, I'll say this: if the Texans are going to win a game this year, this might be it at home against. The a weakest team, the weakest team in their division. They're not beating the Jaguars. They're, no, and I, you would have to think the Colts and Texans. It's a toss-up of who is the weakest team in the division. But again, from what I saw from Anthony Richardson, he looks he better looks, than C.J. Stroud right now. Absolutely, very, very limited, small sample size, but we will see. The Rams, with an impressive win in Seattle week one, now host the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> really, is anybody giving the Rams a chance? No. Nobody on Again, our panel. There were a lot of teams that won in week one that I think we have a lot of doubts about in terms of even with the Packers beating the Bears. Like you said, hand the ball off to Dylan and Jones. Why, why are you putting Jordan Love in situations where you, you could or have him fail yeah. when you don't need to? And I think the Rams, I don't know what to make of this because you don't have Cooper <sighs> Cup. You know, they've got these young receivers that Stafford was throwing darts to. Don't know who the running back is. Cam Akers now, again, seems like he's out of favor yeah, with, they, they with Sean McVay. Aaron Rodgers is, is or Aaron Donald is screaming into the backfield and he's he's causing Seattle Seahawks players to go, oh God. Yeah, no. 
you're not going to have that from the Niners. No. The Niners are well coached. They've got an awesome defense. And they've got a solid offense. So, sorry. It's the Niners across the board. Yeah, now keep in mind the next game we put on the slate before we knew the outcome of the Monday night game. So the Jets at the Cowboys looked tasty early Sunday on, when we before set the slate the games, up. Before the games were actually played. Yeah. Now, of course, this is going to be another ego boost for Cowboys fans across the globe. Yep. As they beat up on Zach Wilson, Micah Parsons will be up Zach Wilson's ass like a suppository. Yep. We are not, Cowboys are not America's team. However, Sports Frenzy is taking the Cowboys with the exception of Mrs. C, who is going with the Jets. All right, we've got the Commanders, who did win against a very, very bad Arizona Cardinals team. Yeah, going they, to Mile High now to play the Broncos. So you've got a, a 1-0 Commanders team going in to play an 0-1 Broncos team. Oh, my God. This is a recipe for disaster. This is where, this is where the magic happens for Sean Payton. This is where coaching comes into play. I don't – you know how much I love Ron Rivera. I love Chico. He needs to move on. He's not. He needs to move on. He is more of a coordinator than a head coach. I'm sorry. I think the the, the commanders need a fresh start. Yes, they beat the Cardinals, but I expected them to beat the Cardinals by 20 or 30. And they, and they just got by them. Yeah. And I, I got to believe this is another situation where I'm going second weekend. I don't see the Broncos playing two home games and losing going 0 and 2. Not with, with Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. But we've got a couple who think the Commanders will win. Yep. The Big Blue W and Mrs. C taking the Commanders, the rest of us with the Broncos. All right, Island, Island Boy. boy. <laughs> Island Boy. My Island picks came through very well for me last week especially on the college front. So I'm doing it again. And I have a theory. I have an explanation. Sunday night, prime time on NBC. The Dolphins going into Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. I hinted, I alluded to the fact when you brought up the, the Eagles, Eagles struggling game. a little bit, maybe not looking. Bill O'Brien had that offense for the Patriots looking pretty sharp. He might have turned Mac Jones around a little bit. I'm not saying Mac Jones is all the way back. He's no Justin Herbert. But you're going to have the remnants of the hurricane causing weather issues, possibly field issues. A wet, soggy field will slow down Tyreek Hill. The overconfident, arrogant Dolphins Against the mastermind going... Bill Belichick, the Patriots pull off the upset. Bucket, Dano. We are finally going to see the Dolphins' running game establish itself. What Raheem Mostert? Because they didn't even activate Devin A. Chain. Why is A. Chain not activated? 
wasn't even on the active roster. Why? And you've already got Jeff Wilson Jr. on IR. This, uh, my mind is Your bottled. coach is smoking a bowl, and sometimes it works. Sometimes, sometimes it, it doesn't. doesn't. It is not going to work against Bill Belichick. Not now that he's got his old OC back, who knows how to run an offense, as opposed to Matt Patricia. Who oh, runs defenses? Moron. Well, he runs defenses. Taking a defensive coordinator and saying, you run the offense. No, that does not compute. No. You've Patricia got a, couldn't be a head coach. What makes you think he can run the offense? You have got a good running back tandem in the backfield. We'll that was see Zeke. what happens. We will see what happens. I'm telling you, this is my island pick. Do you like how I brought in the Hawaii 5-0 yes, reference, too? Yes, Island, Hawaii 5-0. Uh -huh. Book it, Dano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I'm creative. God, I am just so creative. Yeah. Let me pat you on the head for that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I am tied for the lead in football picks. Updated yes, standing. Are. Sam and I are tied for the lead. There you go. Moving on to Monday night. Browns going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Yeah, nobody's taking the Steelers. Not after that one. pathetic performance. Yes, the 49ers are a good, good, arguably great team. But with all the hype coming in from the offseason about Kenny Pickett's going to take that next step. Yeah, no, you didn't see and it. And plus, the way the Browns were able to shut down Joe Burrow, you really think... Joe Pickett is going to do anything. Not Joe Pickett. Not Joe Pickett. I'm thinking books. <laughs> you really think Pickett is going to do anything? See, I'm getting ahead He's of He's a quarterback, not a game warden. Exactly. <laughs> is Kenny Pickett going to do anything? No. And especially Deontay Johnson. Looks like he's out for this game. Yeah. it's Hayward on the defensive side is out. This is just not looking good. I have been trying to balance my viewpoints and say I don't like teams going 0-2. Usually, there's a balance. Right. Zen. Not in this Not case. in this case. The Steelers, the Steelers look like they were overhyped, overrated. They will be 0-2. Yes, yes, they will. And God help me, Deshaun Watson will be 2-0. God, that sucks. All right. NCAA football time. What the hell is going on with Michigan State? Why do they have such a deplorable culture around their athletics? I don't know, but Gretchen Whitmer doesn't like it. You know, who gives a rat's ass what Gretchen Whitmer? Nobody thinks? cares what the governor thinks. But Mel Tucker accused of sexual harassment against the woman they brought in to encourage a better environment against sexual harassment. What in God's name are you thinking up there in if you, Lansing? If you read the reports, I mean, my Lord, this is like stalking. Yeah. With this some of is the things that he did. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Constantly asking her out, sending things that he shouldn't be sending, doing things during conversations he shouldn't be doing. If this is really true, Mel Tucker needs to go away. 
And of course, right now we're in the phase of the he said, she said, who do you believe? Who do you not believe? It's Michigan State. I have to believe the accuser with their history of horrible things going on from football players raping co-eds, D'Antonio covering everything up, Larry Nasser as their freaking doctor for everything, abusing all the women athletes. Michigan State is not a good environment. No. And now, of course, Mel Tucker is suspended without pay. And I'm sure very, very soon we will hear he'll be fired with cause. Oh, yeah. I mean, you cannot have this going on. And how the hell are you bringing D'Antonio back as an interim coach in any way in th- with this happening when he let so much go on under his tenure? You said it. It's not a well-run athletic department. My At all. God. Absolutely I would. I was going to say, what's going on with the entire state of Michigan in athletics? Well, that too. But When you look at what's going on with Jim Harbaugh with the Wolverines. Ugh. But yeah, this is much more serious. Much, much worse. Now, of course, we're still picking through the, the remnants, the ashes of the Pac-12 even though this year it's full strength. <clears throat> of course, next year will Boom. be a skeleton. But two colleges left. And they got a very important ruling. As they should have gotten based on the Pac-12 bylaws. Oregon State and Washington State are technically the only two teams after this year who will be left in the Pac-12. Yep, and there's no way those other 10 teams should have any voting rights about the Pac-12 going forward. So, of course, Oregon State and Washington State put a legal filing through, basically so they could control what's left of the Pac-12. And they did get a judge to side with them, saying you will not have a meeting of the Pac-12, there will not be any vote. No, you are not going to pick apart all the assets to distribute for those 10 teams who are leaving. They get nothing out of the assets that are there. They left. Bye-bye. Too bad. So sad. Suck it. Kiss off. Go your separate ways. Well put. I agree. And I'm still, I still want to see, I'm kind of rooting for Ohio or Oregon State and Washington State to see where they land. Hopefully, they don't have to go independent next year. No, God, get the Pac-12 in the a Mountain West. The Mountain West. I'm telling you, combine they them need together. To go to the Mountain West. That's what they need to do. That gives legitimacy to the Mountain West as a Power Five conference. I agree. I agree. Then right. we get. We talked NCAA appeals, how Tez Walker got screwed at North Carolina. Because of this now, the appeals committee are receiving violent threats. I don't agree. Do not threaten violence. But they should damn well be vilified 
at any opportunity for the stupidity of that decision. Yep. And I, unfortunately, I think this is going to be an ongoing issue. We're going to have these occasional situations where the powers that be arbitrarily are going to say, yeah. Oh, well, we'll let this quarterback transfer for the fourth time to another school so he can play. But this poor kid didn't get to play at his first school, transferred out, and now he wants to go play closer to home to be with an ailing family member. We're not going to let him play. What the fuck are you doing? And this is why you've got all these people out there saying the NCAA has no power, and when they exert the power... They, they do it in the wrong fucking way. There you go. Sorry for the language, but it's absolutely... You don't have to apologize for the language. I don't do that that often, but it's completely fucking asinine, and the NCAA needs to pull their heads out of their collective asses and do the right fucking thing. There you go. That's my man. There you go. All right. Our teams. Notre Dame's moved up to number nine in the AP poll after they beat NC State in a long, long weather delayed game 45 to 24 funny sorry not funny when it comes to the money for nc state but that the storms that delayed the nd nc state game shorted out the brand new 15 million dollar scoreboard <coughs> for the wolf pack ouch ouch do you notice though? Do you notice how I have held back praising? Do you notice how I have Miami kept my kept my enthusiasm in, in check? check? As the Miami Hurricanes move into the AP top twenty-five at number twenty-two, because we beat Jimbo Fisher in his overrated number twenty-three Texas A&M pieces of shit Aggies. No hope, right? No hope for the Hurricane program. Overrated Mario Cristobal. Overrated Tyler Van Dyke. Who set a record for the Miami Hurricanes? Five touchdown passes, no picks. First quarterback in Hurricanes history to ever do it. And that's a long and storied history. Against a top 25 opponent. I could not believe it. As Dave and I, of course, were at a concert, as we are wont to do at this yep, time of year. We were following that in between sets, saw what was happening. Good for the Hurricanes. I thought this is the one game Jimbo Fisher needed to win. Had to win, which is why I took him. Jimbo Fisher is done, but AM can't do anything because of the stupid ass contract extension they gave him. Well, they could do like Notre Dame did with Charlie Weiss and eat the entire deal. Oof, oh, that that's a lot of money to eat. That's more than Notre Dame ate for Weiss. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm just saying. So the Hurricanes beat AM 48 to 33. Again, Tyler Van Dyke, five TD passes. First time 
ever for a Miami Hurricane quarterback against a ranked opponent. So, now we move on to our picks. Not a lot of big matchups this week. Not a lot of big games. Now, last week, of course, we mentioned Texas Texas A&M and Miami. We did not mention Texas beating Alabama. Handily. Yep, number 11, Handily. Texas. So now Texas is the bell of the ball. Everybody's pushing them for the final four. Let, let's wait and see where they actually wind up. Yep. Number 19, Wisconsin shit the bed against the aforementioned Washington State. Boom! With Confetti. no With no future for these kids. Who knows where they're going to go next year? How many of them are going to go into the transfer portal? They still sack up and beat down Wisconsin 31-22. Island boy. Yep, that was your island pick. Yes, for the first time had to be ever in college, you, me, Mississippi all had island picks. That came through. through. Yep. Because she was the one that had Texas beating Alabama. Yep, because of her disdain for Alabama. Yep, and I, of course, had the Hurricanes beating Texas A&M. Number 14, Utah able to salvage a tough, ugly game against Baylor, 20-13, to 13, keeping their hopes alive. Mississippi, number 22, mm-hmm. beating number 24, Tulane. So we still haven't got the big marquee matchups. That's still about a month, month and a half away. Yeah. Well... Outside of Texas, Alabama. Right. And then, of course, coming up here next weekend, Notre Dame, Ohio State. State. That is, that's going to be huge. So this weekend is kind of the calm before the storm. We've only got eight picks on our slate. We'll start off with number 14, LSU, this Saturday, September the 16th, taking on Mississippi State, of course, this year for Mississippi State, just sad because, of course, we lost the Pirate, Mike Leach. Uh, alas, this has got to be a bounce-back game for Kelly and LSU. The Big Blue W says that Mississippi State will win. I think he's still bitter about that uh, LSU loss at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. I agree. Bounce back game for Brian Kelly. Has to happen. Minnesota at number 20, North Carolina. No love no for love Minnesota. No love for Minnesota. I they think... just don't have the offense. No. North Carolina can blink and put up 30 points. Yeah. So at home, North Carolina for everybody. Then you got number 11, Tennessee going down to play Florida in the swamp. No love for Florida. This could be tricky. I'm just going to say that. Tennessee's not as good as they were last year. They are not. Is Florida as bad as we we saw that opening weekend? I don't know. Uh, This could be – I I wouldn't be shocked to see an upset. It wouldn't surprise me, but I cannot take Florida at the same time. Nope. San Jose State at Toledo. Toledo actually off to a very good start this season. I wanted to take San Jose State, but they've screwed me every damn time I've taken them. Well, Mississippi's taken them. 
There we go. Otherwise, everybody else takes Toledo. One of the the few times you're going to get an even game. Yeah. To this, pick. How Syracuse, often does that happen? Syracuse at Purdue, even when we put this on the slate. But by all accounts, from what I've seen, it should not be even. No, I would have thought Syracuse should have had a slight edge in the odds. Yep. So you and I and Bill and Jen taking Syracuse, where Nick, Doug, and Aaron take Purdue. So there you go. Even matchup. We'll see what Four happens. Four three with one vote still out there. Pittsburgh at West Virginia. Now, this, this is where this I'm probably jaded. Game. I'm jaded. <clears throat> because of what happened last week. With Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh laying an there egg. There is no way in hell they should have lost at home to Cincinnati. They got their asses handed to them. So I'm supposed to believe now they're going to go into West Virginia and beat them? No. Hell no. 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 West Virginia for you and me and Mrs. C and Doug. Bill and Nick and Aaron go with Pittsburgh. All righty. TCU at Houston. This was kind of a little bit of a waffler, never knowing who is which team is going to show up on either side. Right. But in this case, TCU across the board, except Mississippi is taking Houston. Yeah, TCU. Houston, I think, is down a little bit this year. Yeah, and TCU's not as bad. As, as, as what we've seen. No. You know. With the Deion Sanders hype. They and, beat themselves. And finally, our obligatory West Coast game. Yes, we try to mix in all games from East Coast, West Coast. So we always throw a couple of those West Coast games out there. Fresno State at Arizona State. Of course, Fresno State came through for me big time on an island pick. They at did. Purdue, they so did. I'm loving me some Fresno this year. I but will take them again. I am taking Fresno State because I'm sorry I've got no faith in Arizona State with all the crap that's going on down there. But it's pretty close, four to three. It is. Fresno because State for you, me, Bill, and Doug. Arizona State for Mississippi, Nick, and Aaron. So there you go, kids. You got your pro picks. You got your college picks. Segment two is done and over. I got a bad feeling we're going to have to go four segments because we still got to cover baseball. We still got to cover NASCAR. We've and got, ancillary. We've got tennis. We've got dumbasses. Oh, do we have tennis, kids? Yeah, lots of news in tennis. Too much tennis. Why the hell does there so much going on in tennis for crying out loud? Look, look at it's this. It's like months ago when we had, what, how many weeks were we actually talking soccer? And golf. And golf. With Liv, yeah. Yeah. I look at it this way. I'd rather talk tennis than soccer. Amen to that. All right. Segment three coming up. Quick promo break. Dave and I will be right back. This episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 is brought to you by the Bills Mafia Marital Aid Company. Because when you are down and out, we'll bring you back up and in the game. Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. 
All right, segment three here. Yes, we're probably end up going four segments. This is what it's you get. It's that time of year, kids. Every sport is pretty much going, at least the sports we care about. So we've got NASCAR and baseball here in segment three. He's the Conquistador, Dave Height. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. September the 13th, as we tape, dropping early September the 14th. We are heading into playoff race number three this weekend. September the sixth, the nineteenth. Oh, sorry, the sixteenth is the race, the Bass Pro Shops Night Race from Bristol. But first, we have to look back at the race from Kansas Speedway. The second race of the playoffs. <clears throat> Christopher Bell goes back to back with the poles, but unfortunately, the poles don't like him so much. Nope. Ask anyone who spins on the poles. It's hard to go back to back. He probably hasn't been to the hip hugger. <laughs> <laughs> They've got good poles. <laughs> but Christopher Bell, again, has the pole for the second week in a row. But in this case, after week one with Kyle Larson winning the first playoff race, Tyler Reddick. Dun, late dun, caution. Dun. Late caution sending the race in overtime. Sends most of the leaders into the pits for new tires. Denny Hamlin! Denny Hamlin! My pick, Denny Hamlin! Goes in to get tires, and he comes up one spot short. Finishes second as Tyler Reddick wins. Sometimes Reddick and Hamlin were the class of the field. I get tired of this sometimes, though, Dave. This overthinking of, well, this track, we've got to get tires every chance no, we can. You every chance we can. You can't give up the track position with two laps to go. <coughs> you can't. It's... What are you thinking? Oh, because I'll make up 20 spots in two laps. No. No, you're no, not you're going not. to. It is not going to happen. I guarantee if Hamlin had stayed out, he would have won the goddamn race. But that alas. being said, that being said, I still got <clears throat> more points than everybody else, so I'm still in the Frenzy Cup lead. <laughs> Where are you, Dave? Dead fucking last. Sorry. Snake bit all damn year long. In other NASCAR news, as we let... Does anybody really give a rat's ass? <laughs> Here we go. Here's the nihilist. I hate fucking nihilists. Shut up, Donnie. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Noah Craigson. <laughs> Speaking of God, nihilists, I gotta, I gotta watch Big Lebowski again. You should watch it every year. That should be <laughs> one of those movies once you year. watch. Caddyshack, Hot Tub Time Machine, Big Lebowski should be watched. Bachelor Party every year, once a year. It's like medicine. It is medicine for the soul. Yes. Noah Gregson has been reinstated effective immediately. Thanks, NASCAR. A lot of good that does him now. Jackasses. So, 
you've effectively helped to destroy his career for the foreseeable future. Oh, we'll reinstate him after he's lost his ride. Yeah, great. Thanks. Well, no, supposedly, you know, it was on him because he resigned. He could have just waited it out. And we all know Legacy Motor <clears throat> Club would have brought him back. Would they? Yeah. No. No. In fact, Legacy Motor Club is bringing in John Hunter Nemechek to drive the number 42 car in 2024. Sure. God, what happened to Richard Petty Racing? You know, uh, Jimmy, Johnson Jimmy Johnson came in and, came in just... and basically kicked the king to the curb. Yeah. And it's He's not taken the same. over and it's... It's just not the same. No. And here, I know how much you love this, Dave. I know how much you love this. I can't wait for your reaction, <laughs> for your glee, for your enthusiasm. Because NASCAR is changing the rules midseason again. At the Charlotte Roval, they have now decided, now we're going to do stage breaks again. No! 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 Stop this crap. This is why the fans revolt because you assholes cannot stick with what you stand by. Stop changing the rules at the drop of a hat. Yes, if you are not aware, this year, which I thought was a great rule change, NASCAR said we will not at road courses Hell, I don't stop the race. I don't want to see the race stopped at the end of the stage at any race course. I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep I'm... going. Do not throw the caution at the end of stages. It adds more intrigue. It adds more strategy into it. If you don't stop the race, when are you going to pit? You're, you're giving them an easy out in yeah. a lot of races, in most races, where they can pit with everybody else. Instead of having to actually think, when are we going to pit now that there is no stage break? Yeah, no stage breaks. Stop the insanity. Give them the points. Give them the points. Award the points, but you don't have to stop the damn race. That is stupid, idiotic, retarded. I don't understand why they're doing this. All of a sudden, they decide at the oh, Roval. We, we, we got to do it during the playoffs because oh, we got to give everybody more of a fair chance. No, shut up. That's stupid. I agree. It, I would prefer no stage breaks. Give the points. Let them keep, keep running. going. Because it adds an extra dimension of strategy where the crew chiefs have to figure out when to pit. Yeah, actually pay attention to, you're on a road course and not an oval. Oh, you're talking about Chase Elliott's crew chief? Yes, yes I am. You could just flip the switch, Chase. Yeah. Cost him his entire season. Absolutely Oh, I ridiculous. thought we were at Richmond. I didn't realize we were at I Watkins I was looking Glenn. at my Richmond notes. Yeah. How effing stupid are you? Did, did he get fired? No. 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 This is the world we live in. That's a fireable offense to me in NASCAR. If you're that stupid where you can't figure, I'm looking at my Richmond notes for fuel conservation versus Watkins Glen, 
a much longer track and you screw your driver out of his chance to make the playoffs, your ass is in the unemployment line tomorrow. But no, no, not in the namby-pamby age we live in where he just made a mistake. He just made a little mistake. It cost his driver the potential his, to make the playoffs. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Seriously. Yeah, it's inexcusable. That being said, let us move on to what you've all been waiting for. Our picks. We have all eight panelists in. It's a good thing. And remember, check out the Facebook page to see all the picks for baseball, football, NASCAR. It's all there. The Bass Pro Shops night race at Bristol, not, as Dave would be more than happy to point out, not what it used to be. No. No, no, it's not. And it's sad. And this is a cut race where we will cut four drivers out in the chase for the Cup Championship. The intriguing part of this, of course, is Martin Truex Jr., the regular season champion on points, is below the cut line yes. after two yes, terrible races. Abysmal races. That being said, I, as the leader in the Frenzy Cup, had to put my pick in early, and I can't believe how many people have followed me. I feel like the Pied Piper of Bristol. <clears throat> I took Kyle Busch, Bill, Jen, Nick, and Aaron are following me down this path. Kyle, does This is the only race where I would pick him in the playoffs. And he does not have that great of a record there. Yes, he, he does. He runs well, but yes, he doesn't have maybe all not the wins. Recently. Maybe not re You're looking at the wrong statistics if you're saying that. I, and now, I know historically I'm looking far back. You're going far back, not recent, when they've redone the track. I think he'll be fine. All I want is a solid start and finish. And that's what you'll get. I need a little bit more. I'm going for broke with last year's winner there, Chris Boucher. I'm saving him for later. Saving him for later. It doesn't matter for me. I need the points right now to get myself out of the basement. Sam is taking Kyle Larson. Again, saving him for later. And Doug is going with William Byron. Fuck you, Byron. Could be the reason why Dave's in a hole to begin with. Did not show up at all. Truex in the first race. Byron in the second race. It's okay. Like you said, there's always football picks. Baseball, you are up there battling. Battling for the lead, for the, the Morningwood Trophy. For the first time ever, right? This no, would be this would be my first win if I can get it. I finished runner-up on multiple right, occasions. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. So. This will be the first time you get morning wood. I always get morning wood. <laughs> Which makes Mrs. C very happy. All right, moving on. By the way, to baseball. There's a nice little segue there. 
See how we rise to the occasion, kids? <laughs> no blue pill needed. <laughs> no blue pill needed here. Oh, All God. Right. We're, we're kind of in a little bit of a lull. Next week, I think things pick up in baseball because then you're going to start to see who needs to win to get the wild card spots. I think the problem is, for the most part, the division titles are wrapped up. The divisions are set. So you, you got the Dodgers, you got the Braves, you got the Orioles, um, you've got the Twins. Believe it or not, pretty much locked up. Yeah, they have the abysmal. You do still have a bit of a dogfight in the American League West, thanks to the fact that the fucking Houston Astros can't beat the Oakland A's and have sunk my chances at having Morningwood. <laughs> I think the Brewers are in good shape to win the NL Central. The Cubs looking good for a wild card, even though they yeah, just they've lost rely on two the out card. of three to the Rockies. How do you do that? And that's coming off at home, that's, losing three out of four to the Diamondbacks. That's the same as the Astros losing the first two games to the A's this week. I know. And they. this is why they play the games. I get it. Nothing is given. Nope. But hey, my White Sox have a shot at 100 losses. I saw they've been officially eliminated. Yep. They were eliminated in April. Come on. Officially, statistically eliminated this past week. Yep. Sitting at 56 and 89. <sighs> 17 games to go, 11 losses away from 100. They can do it. I have absolute faith in them. In fourth place in the AL Central, 19 and a half behind the Minnesota Twins. Mm. As I mentioned, the Cubs not trying to uh, put forth their best effort here over the last week, but they're still hanging on to a wild card spot. Losing to the Rockies today puts them at 78 and 69. Second place in the NL Central, four and a half behind the Brewers. So the Brewers probably very close to wrapping up that division. Yeah, that's frightening. Bad news. Just when we thought we had a starter or a, a closer, Adbert Alzale goes to the IL. Now who knows who's going to close games because the rest of the bullpen is hit and miss. They talk about Merriweather. Now I saw Fulmer was the first guy to get a save after Alzale goes to the IL. I guess the big news is finally, finally. Justin Steele getting recognized now as the leader in the Cy Young race for the National League. No, I'm not, I'm not going there because, number one, I don't want to jinx it. Number two, there's still too much time left. There you go. I was going to say they finally brought up highly touted prospect Pete Crow Armstrong, who I've been waiting to see at the major league level now for, what, almost two years? Yeah. Ever since they picked him up from the Mets. Yours to be center fielder of the future. Yes. So we'll see how Had all a good that debut. goes. Drove in a run, I believe, in his debut. Played some solid defense. We'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. I just, 
Blah, 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 blah. Hey, you still have more hope than I do, so. Yeah, but the thing is, again, there's too many little chinks in the Cubs' armor. They don't, again, outside of Bellinger, don't have a good hitter for average. Take out Bellinger, everybody's hitting 270 or below. Not a consistent power hitter. Nobody has more than 25 home runs in the lineup. You mentioned Justin Steele. He's dependable. Hendricks is up and down. And the new kid, Wicks. Is... Can you really depend on a kid who's made, what, four or five starts? And Ty, you can't to. depend on Tyone. No, Tyone is nah. So we'll see where, where this all leads for the Cubs. I have a bad feeling. The, the ironic situation would be if the Marlins get in and once again somehow end up playing the Cubs and beating the Cubs because the Marlins are the team that always screws the, the Cubs. Achilles heel. Whether it's the Bartman games, whether it was the first year with David Ross where they took him out two straight, the only winning season up to this point for the Cubs under David Ross. So wouldn't that be funny if the Marlins did it to him again? Irony. Smell that finger. <laughs> Smells like fish. <laughs> oh. In other baseball news. Max Scherzer. Oh, my arm. Tricep spasms. Undergoing an MRI. Probably going to be shut down. Gee, yep. wouldn't that be a shock? Yeah, right now the word is definitely for the rest of the regular season, most likely for the year. Yep. You Darvis shut down for the rest of the year with an elbow issue. But yeah, the Padres are pretty much They've been out of it. Done. So. They've never been in it. This just, year. It's just like the Mets. All the money they spent. All the spent. money and no team chemistry, nothing to come together. Nope. The Mets, of course, coming off an abysmal year where they shipped out Max Scherzer. They shipped out Justin Verlander paying almost the entire salaries for both for this year and next year. Well, they have finally got who they say is the guy who will lead them to the promised land. Stealing him from the Milwaukee Brewers, that would be David Stearns, who will be the new Mets president of baseball operations. We'll see what happens. That is not the person I would have pulled out of that organization, but hey, whatever works. Well, who knows? They might end up pulling the other one, too. Yep, they could get counsel. You never know. Yep. And then speaking of the Milwaukee Brewers, let me ask you this, Dave. How does a team have a no-hitter going into the 11th inning and somehow and manage lose. to lose <laughs> against the evil empire nonetheless? That was pathetic. Absolutely The pathetic. Brewers took a no-hitter into the 11th inning and lost against the New York Yankees. So again, with the eternal optimism you hear in New York, they still think the Yankees have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're not. They are not. We're seven out with 17 left. We could do it. No. We could do it. No, you're not going to. Sorry. Bye-bye. If you were in the American League Central, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. 
but probably not. <laughs> Otherwise, no. No. All right. We said we're probably going to have to go four segments. We're going to cut this one short so we get you a nice flow. All the way to the end. So we're going to talk tennis, dumbasses, NBA, moments of silence. NHL. Yep. We got the whole wrap-up coming your way. All right. One final segment left here in this busy, busy time on the sports calendar. Dave and I will be right back. Feeling mildly fatigued? Need a day off even if you just took one a few days ago? Make $30 million a year but just don't want to work for it? You need to join the NBA Load Management Club right now. When they're not napping or texting, guest lecturers Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving will describe foolproof ways to earn tens of thousands of dollars by not doing anything. Sports Frenzy 2.0, available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, is currently negotiating with LeBron James to bring his popular How to Make the Hall of Fame Without Really Trying webinar live and in person to the Load Management Club. Thanks again to Sports Frenzy 2.0 and all you apathetic fans out there for making us a success. Fourth segment of Sports Frenzy 2.0 dropping the 14th of September 2023 as we recorded the night before the 13th. It is time to talk miscellaneous sports starting with the NBA. He's the maestro Kevin Crane. And he is a conquistador. Dave Hyde, get used to it. This is a busy time of the year where four segments is the norm. Becomes a little bit more commonplace. So the big news coming out of the NBA this week, actually today, is the Board of Governors voted unanimously, yes, 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 yes. yes. Make the damn players play the freaking game. Although I'm skeptical with all the loopholes involved that will really and truly see any kind of change. But the NBA is finally realizing that they have got to stop the load management. They yeah, have got to pampering put it to an these end. little wusses. And I have, by the way, a little teaser for the weekend edition. I have a conspiracy theory that load management has crept its way into rock and roll. And I will Ooh. explain. I will explain in hmm. the first segment this weekend. Hmm. But back to the NBA. Yes, they are trying to get rid of load management or contain it as much as possible. Cannot sit out multiple all-star players. In any game. In any game. You cannot sit out an all-star player in a nationally televised game without due injury cause. Otherwise, you will be fined. Up to, actually, no. They will be fined more than a million dollars for each instance violating the resting rules. Make them pay. Make the players pay. Make the players play. God, I'm so sick of this crap. Now, initially, when I heard this and I read the, the first reporting on it, I wasn't overly impressed because it, it seems like all they care about is the TV contract. 
they want to make ESPN and TNT happy by having the star players on TV. They don't care about the fans who shelled out hundreds of dollars right. for tickets. No, God again, forbid. this is not going. This is not going to fix unless it's again on TV. Right. The LeBron James never wanting to play in Memphis, which he's notorious for. I don't play in Memphis. That's yeah. my night off. No, you're being a douchebag. Because the kids in Memphis want to see you too, LeBron. I don't know why. You go to a game, you expect to see the best players on the court. It's not rocket science. That's what the fans expect. It's what the fans deserve. And again, maybe the higher-ups in the NBA are finally getting it, whereas Adam Silver has come out and said, we need to get this back to an 82-game season. Yeah. Where all players are expected to play all 82 games. Ugh. And of course, let's hope it the works. Pussies in the NBA will find a way. Oh, I can't play back to it's that. It's a legitimate, a legitimate injury. Yeah, it's menstrual cramps. Of course, we have brought shame on the great name of America once again when it comes to basketball. Oh my! Long God. gone are the the dream team glory days, as in the FIBA World Cup, the USA team fails to medal. Germany gets the gold. We lose to Canada in the bronze medal game. Absolutely, three losses. Three losses. Yeah. Yep. For these overhyped superstars? Eh. Yeah. Now, a lot of them are younger players, like guys who've only been in the league one or two years, like I know Paulo yeah. There was no depth to this team. But the veterans the veterans don't play on this team. No. 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 And th there was no depth for this team. It was poorly constructed. Now, this one might come as a shock to you before we get to, of course, the, the ugly NBA news of the week. Oof. I know you're going to love this one. Okay. The Oklahoma City Thunder want a new arena. <laughs> Their current arena, you know how old <coughs> it is, Dave? 21 years old. They want a new arena already. No. Here's the best part. Projected cost of the arena, minimum $900 million. Who's going to foot the bill? The owners are putting in $50 million. Oh, a whole $50 million from the owners? They want the taxpayers to put up $850 million for a new arena when the other one that they're currently in is just fine. They want to increase the sales tax one cent temporarily. Oh, bullshit. To raise the 850 or more million dollars they will need. No, if to they build want the a new stadium. damn arena, ownership has to put up 75% of the money. No, they're putting up 50 million. No. Anytime a group wants a new arena, the owners need to put up 75% of the funds 
the taxpayers should not be on the hook for the majority of an arena. But they're putting up fifty million, Dave. <laughs> Cheap ass bastards. I knew you'd love this one. Go to hell. I saw this and I'm like, I gotta gotta throw this one at the conquistador because this is pathetic. This is a, a step back. Yeah, it's from a lot of these other stadium deals we've seen where at least the ownership groups are throwing in a decent chunk of money. This is pathetic. Absolutely this, horrible. This ownership group in Oklahoma City. You're in should Oklahoma. Be should be ashamed. Nobody of goes to Oklahoma. And last time I checked, Kevin Durant and James Harden and Russell Westbrook aren't on that team anymore. Exactly. Absolutely stupid. Speaking of stupid, do you want to tell the kids about uh, oh should, Frenzy Five O this week? Should we talk about that asshat Kevin Porter? Yeah, hearkening back to our old cable access days where we actually had a segment about all the criminal behavior of athletes for the week. Oh, God. Yeah, not only Kevin Porter arrested for felony assault and strangulation of his girlfriend, former WNB player Kiersey Gunderzik. He punched her repeatedly. She had a cut over her eyebrow. Then he strangled her so hard it fractured one of her vertebrae. This guy needs to be put away. And of course, the best part of it, I'm being sarcastic, of course, is number one, he pleads not guilty. And number two, the assault only stopped because she staggered out into the hallway of the hotel, a bloody fucking mess. Yeah, and people were coming by as she was screaming. Yes. This guy needs to be put away. We do not tolerate domestic violence at all. There's no excuse for it. Yeah, it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. And again, if, if he gets away with no jail time, this is going to be it's yet a, another example of how the entitled never pay for their mistakes, never pay for their crimes, whereas you and I always would have to. The hammer would come down on us in a second. There is no freaking excuse for this. Hold this entitled prick accountable for his actions. Jail time needs to be involved. Yes. And he should not be allowed to play in the NBA oh, ever again. hell no. Ever again. Hell no. But again, <clears throat> cynical that I am. Oh, but he's a talent. He made a mistake. He needs another chance. Uh, he's already had a chance because it wasn't that long ago where he was in a car accident and was charged with having an illegal weapon and drugs. Which he claimed, oh, I didn't know those were in the car. Bullshit. Let's try to give the people a little more positivity. Why don't we give them our Clint Eastwood <clears throat> badasses of the week? I think we should do that. I am going to lead off my Clint Eastwood badass of the week. I have to give props to Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, thrown under the bus 
left for dead as in his career, relegated to backing up Aaron Rodgers. Immediately, well, not immediately, but four plays into the game when Rodgers goes out, Wilson's like, gets the word, all right, kid, you're in. What the hell? He goes in, he manages the game, he does enough to bring the Jets back to tie the game to get them to overtime. Where they won on a freaking returned punt. But kudos to Wilson for coming in like that, being left for dead. Glad to see it happen. My Clint Eastwood badass of the week is a quote. I know this is not something I would normally do, but when you've got a quote that is just so awesome, in a loss, nonetheless, not the team that won, the team that lost. But when you have one of the all-time greatest quotes. Does it rank up there with, I'm a man, I'm 40? No, it's not up there, but it's close. Not that Nothing's ever going to be up there. <laughs> nothing's ever going to be up there with Gundy. Nothing. Except for maybe Dennis Green. We are who they thought they were. You want to crown their ass? You crown their ass. They crown their ass. We are who we thought they were. Or Jim Mora in the playoffs. Playoffs. Or, or the pirate. Their fat little girlfriends. That might be the best. That might be the best. That entire rant. <laughs> That's right up to Gundy and Leach are the two best. But I have to give my Clint Eastwood badass of the week to. Again, in a loss, you could say it's it's not good sportsmanship, but I love it. Jamar Chase of the Bengals, after they got beaten down by the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Somebody asked, I believe, Jamar Chase, how does it feel to lose this game? And he said, quote, we just lost to some elves, unquote. <laughs> Because if you if the you brown, know brownie the brownie the the mascot brownie they elf. brought back brownie the elf yep Jamar Chase says we just lost to some elves <laughs> how do you think we feel so I love it great quote from Jamar Chase he is my badass of the week now we move on to other sports predominantly tennis but let's get the other ones out of the way real quick. <clears throat> Congratulations are in order, even though I'm not a big fan. You can call me sexist. It's fine. But I think a lot of these big-time women's basketball coaches, including Gino Oriema, but the women as well, you guys know, if you've listened to the show for the last few years, I hate Dawn Staley. I think she's a racist. I think she's a nasty, nasty, evil human being. And I don't think Kim Mulkey of LSU, who just won the national championship, is all that much better. But she got a 10-year, $32 million contract to continue on with the LSU Tigers. Are they the Lady Tigers? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's one of those who's... And it is official as of September the 12th, the TKO group is now on 
the New York Stock Exchange. That would be the merger between the UFC and the WWE now official. Bum, bum, bum. How many, how many shares did you buy on that one? Seriously? Seriously? I buy generic everything. You think I'm going out and buying stock in the TKO group? Why not? No. The thing I'll be interested in seeing is how many of these UFC fighters, once they are washed up and done, end up conveniently going over to, to the, the W. UFC. And I'm telling you this right now, and a lot of people will disagree with me on this, they suck as wrestlers. Oh, they do. They're Rock Lesnar was the one exception to the rule. Maybe Ronda Rousey, but they are not good wrestlers. They are not. No, the only They don't ones... have the athleticism. Brock Lesnar, if you look at it, Brock Lesnar only could do suplexes. That's his only move. Yeah, that's Suplex City over and over and over again. He does not have the athleticism of, God help me for saying this, the true professional wrestler. Yeah. Early on, the UFC guys, when you had the grappling, it, it, it still never translates. Professional wrestling, UFC, never should the two cross over. The professional wrestler has to be more acrobatic, has to do more high-flying stunts, be more technical like Bret Hart. Yeah. The UFC, you used to have guys who came from the grappling, the wrestling, the jiu-jitsu. That still would not translate to professional wrestling. The UFC has gone from technical stuff to just being all-out kickers and brawlers. Yep. Completely and it, different And it's not even the UFC. Sets. Even Olympic-level wrestlers, technical wrestlers who have come in can Do break through. Well. Because they don't have the, the personality, the charisma, which you also have to have, of course, with the scripted part. Right. So I don't know how this is going to work out. We'll see. But again, my interest is in seeing, or hopefully not seeing, all these broken down UFC fighters then switching over and coming into the WWE. Yeah. So now we move on to tennis, because tennis, wow, has been a hotbed this year. <laughs> oh, baby. Not only did we get the final results in the U.S. Open, Coco Goff wins her first Grand Slam, the American teenager. Good for her. And, of course, Novak Djokovic. Yes! 24th Grand Slam title, expanding and adding to his record. Yep, and he is not even close to being done in his career. No, and a little bit of a redemption here for him. Yep, after the whole COVID bullshit fiasco where he was not allowed to participate it's freaking golf. They're nowhere near each other. It made not zero sense. Or tennis. It made zero sense that he was not allowed to participate. Right. Then we've got a little bit of scandal. <gasps> drug scandal? Yes, a drug scandal. Shocking, I know. In sports. Two-time Grand Slam women's champion, Simona Halep who was already kind of sort of on like double secret probation <laughs> for some semblance of doping anyway. Now officially 
gets the hammer dropped on her. She has a four-year official, no doubt about it, doping ban. Which essentially kills her career. Yeah. Because as we know, outside of Novak Djokovic, Serena Williams, the best of the best, who can last into their mid-30s and somehow stay competitive, if you do not take care of business in your mid to late 20s, by the time you hit 30, you're starting to break down in yeah, terms of tennis. You've got to be doing the competitive constantly. Right. And if she's not playing competitively, forget it. Yep. All right, let's move on as we wrap up our fourth and final segment to one significant moment of silence. Yep. We had former NFL wide receiver played with several teams. Was it the Bucks and the Bills, the Bills predominantly, yeah. Predominantly Mike Williams passes away from his traumatic head injuries suffered when a steel beam at the construction site he was working with landed on his head. Erroneous reports late last week that he had succumbed and passed away, but no, he held on for a little bit longer, but thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. And now we don't have a ton of dumbasses for our pivot this week. We've only got one, but it kind of ties into our tennis discussion from just a minute ago. And it'll take us a couple of minutes to get through this to wrap up this week's episode. As climate protesters delay, I believe it's a semifinal match for Coco Golf, maybe the quarters, but 50 minute delay. As there were three protesters, I believe, all yelling <coughs> and screaming, and then one decides to glue himself, his feet, to the floor. I have a question. While he had glued himself into place, why didn't they glue his lips shut and just left him there and not had the delay? I want to know when when we are going to actually start making these idiots pay. Hold Not only with jail time, but financially for the time lost, the effort have, that has to be put in. I know that well, we're disruptors. That's what we do. We're disruptors. But what did Guess I tell what? you? We're going to disrupt your sorry ass life. What did I tell you when I first heard about this? That I heard somebody else, I'm not taking credit for this, that I heard somebody else on the radio say when they were reporting this story. Say, do you really honestly believe that someone in this country, after seeing this, this idiot glue himself to the floor of the U.S. Open facility in Flushing Meadows, do you really honestly believe that somebody in this country the next day went to a car dealership and said, I saw that protester at the U.S. Open, and I do not want my gas-powered car anymore. I want to buy an electric vehicle. I, do you honestly believe one person did that no, in the entire United States? I do not want an electric car because there's not enough charging stations. The reliability is not there. We all know batteries drain quicker in the winter time. 
Sorry. And, and not, they're more environmentally hazardous, mining everything you need to build them. What are you going to do when they're done? They're nothing but hazardous waste. They're worse for the environment than the gas-powered cars. But nobody is talking about that stuff. No. Yeah, the battery array that's in the, the trunk of these electric vehicles is much more damaging to the environment than the emissions from a gas-powered car. I'm or sorry. Or oil drilling. Sorry. It's a fact. And, and nobody's know, talking I about it. I know there's a lot of environmental whack jobs out there who would be more than happy to yell at me and scream at me and spit in my face. Look at all the mining. Look at all the freaking materials that have to go into it. How are you going to do all these chemicals from the batteries when they're done? What are you going to do with them? Now, it's, it wasn't sports, but I read a story today here within the last few days where another protester did this in the middle of a street in a major U.S. city, holding up traffic. Oh, please say somebody ran him down. No. Again, it was another one of these fossil fuel pro protests, right? So the guy glues himself into the middle of the street. Cops show up. One female cop got one of these big containers of like Quaker state oil, poured it right on it. <laughs> there you go. There you go, buddy. How do you feel about that? Suck it, jackass. And of course, the the media. Oh, that's not fair. Eh. Well, uh, the headline, of course, was police officer reacts crudely <laughs> to, to protester. I'm sorry. These assholes have got to be dealt with accordingly. How about we start, whether we're talking about these climate protesters, whether we're talking about NBA players beating up women, how about we finally start enforcing the law and putting these people behind jail? Yeah, let's, behind, let's have some accountability. Things are getting stupid. But we're not stupid. We should be running the world. Yes. But right now, all we're running are two episodes a week. And of course, you do not want to miss the weekend edition where we review an absolutely fantastic, well, a two mostly thirds, two thirds of a fantastic, epic concert featuring Smashing Pumpkins. Rival Sons. And the band that shall not be named in this point. The middle the middle piece in the shit sandwich. The yeah. bread was the bread was great. The bread was great, but the mm, yeah. What came in the middle was, was not tasty. Yeah. We'll we'll let you know on the weekend edition. Your hangover cure. Yep. Of course we'll do our typical weekly review of Tacoma FD. Got a couple little interesting things for you. Couple little uh we, we got some stuff. Yeah. So you do not want to miss. Got a movie review. Your Uncle Kev has his fall and winter movie preview discussion where Uncle Dave and Uncle Kev will look ahead to the next couple months of big time releases and decide until they're pushed back unexpectedly. Yep, we'll decide which ones are worth seeing, which ones are crap, overhyped, 
under the radar, maybe. We've got all that for you coming up, as your Uncle Dave said, your weekend hangover cure coming up this Saturday morning. But in terms of sports, seven days from now, you're going to get this all over again. College review and picks, NFL review and picks, NASCAR review and picks, baseball review. We've got it all for you. It's the busiest, the most wonderful time of the year. That's right. So peace out, kids. Stay out of trouble.